take a walk Take a walk with me Take a walk with me Feeling weightless Like you have it all figured out Until someone stabs you from behind Leaving you to fight Hey, welcome to Rapid Resistance Podcast, a podcast focusing on current events in the General West River area from a dark red lens. Today's episode focuses on stress and coping mechanisms, the current state of the hardcore scene in the West River area and abroad, today's current political climate and how it affects the music industry, the way that COVID has affected the music industry, straight edge subculture, and animal activism. I'm your host, Harley Glazier, and today's guest is Cameron Tennant, who's the lead singer of local hardcore band Defect. My name is Cameron Tennant. I'm from South Dakota, born and raised in a, in a local band that hopefully will play shows again someday. So I guess today's episode, we're just going to be going over a few different topics. First topics about stress. Cam, do you know stress, I guess? Yeah, I would say me and stress are fairly well acquainted. Uh, it's something that definitely evolves as you get older. I feel like, and at least in my experience. So it's something that's changed over the years for me, definitely. I would agree with that. I'm not sure about the over the years part because I don't have too many of those. But Yeah, it's what I define as stress levels has uh, definitely evolved, I would say. Kind of segueing off of that, like what do you say like common causes of stress are Maybe how does that evolve over time? I would say the common causes of stress pretty much stay the same. It's just the compounded effect of becoming more responsible for those stresses as you get older, I would say. is probably the easiest way to say it for me anyways. Because as a kid, it was easier for me to take small problems and make them big. And then not realizing what was an actual big problem or what not having to take 100% responsibility for that problem because I wasn't necessarily 100% responsible for myself, which as you get older and you'll find out is as an adult, you can't deflect those responsibilities onto other people as easily. I, I feel that even now as a teenager, like looking back a little bit, that's, I feel that even now I can't imagine what it's going to be like when I'm like 20 or even like. 25 i don't want to imagine when i'm 50 yeah it's definitely something that i don't think anybody can necessarily prepare you for but because it's, it's gonna look it looks different to every other person i would say and it's one of those things you just have to learn and adapt and do your best like there's not a whole lot there's no real rhyme or reason to it i guess at least not for me yet maybe one day i'll find that out yeah well i guess that kind of goes into the, what the next question is um, 
I guess what, what do you see as like some good coping mechanisms or just good skills to have to help you deal with stress? That is a difficult question, but a very good one. I think the biggest thing for me is being able to disconnect from those, those things that stress me and not give them the power that you t we tend to give them. Because the biggest thing that you have to realize is you're in control of your, what you're thinking about. And so forcing yourself to think about positive things, it sounds corny, but it actually works. And it's something that I try to practice on a daily basis is when I get in a bad mood or I get upset about something, I try to think about something positive or I try to reason with myself in a positive way. That's probably way too reasonable. Does your music play into any of it? Oh, definitely. That was something that I was just about to get into, but didn't want to get too long-winded there, was that I think that music and art in general are some of the biggest and greatest re stress relievers that, that exist. Because they, they anything that makes us feel usually good feelings, or at least that we're not this feeling that we're not alone, like music does for me, is such a stress reliever. Yeah, I would agree with that. I guess that really segues us on to the next little section. As you're a musician, <laughs> would you want to tell us more about what you do musically and, I guess, who you are musically? So, I guess, in, in my band, I just do vocals and write lyrics, mostly. And then a lot of it, too, lately has been um, organizing song structure and song ideas and giving some of the songs direction which is something that I didn't think was going to necessarily be a, one of my responsibilities, but it is now. And so it's definitely, I don't know, intimidating is the right word, but sometimes it isn't like art and music can look so easy, but it's so much work. Are you saying that your music might cause some stress? Yeah, in a way it does, but it's like, it's kind of almost a good kind of stress because it's a good distraction. So I can like, I can take these negative feelings and then I have an outlet for them so they can go into the world and like cease to exist as opposed to like bottling up inside me. I can take this positive thing I do and put the negative things in my life into it, but it's like a good result, I guess if that makes sense. It really does. Um, I guess looking at some of your lyrics, uh, I could understand where you're coming from with that. Is there anything else you'd like to say on this little what you do musically, who you are musically? I guess a big part of who I am musically always has been, uh, comes down to writing. It didn't, I never, like, originally I never thought that I would ever create music. It never really was something that seemed attainable for me. It seemed like something other people got to do. And one thing I would like to tell anybody out there that, thinks they can't do something artistic wise is you can all, all it takes is the action of doing it whether you think you're good or not just do it honestly i agree with that even like my limited experience compared to yours i see that too um as kind of segueing kind of connecting the little last two questions um you sort of already answered this question but uh is stress a factor that comes into inspiration when you write music Oh, definitely. It's it's something that, like I kind of already like I already answered before. You know how it allows me to, an outlet for my stress, but more importantly, I can put it down into words and say it out loud, which sometimes it feels 
almost wrong to say some of these things out loud. Whereas in my music, I feel like I get this entire arena where it's just I get to say what I want the way I want and completely 100% freely express myself. That's really a good perspective on that, I'd say. All right, so kind of moving on from you specifically as a musician, but like say in like a meta sense, how would you describe the current state of the hardcore punk scene, both like locally and nationally, globally too, I guess? That is such a, I feel like I'm not the right person to ask that question, but at the same time, I would, you know, I do have some strong feelings about that. I think that hardcore and punk in general are in a really we're we're in a really good place at the beginning of this year before you know COVID and everything, but regardless of that, I think that activism and like direct action in punk and hardcore is at an all time high right now, at least from my perspective, even even so even locally, but especially nationally, and that just like makes me feel really good about the scene that we're creating for these younger kids. And I, and it really, it warms my heart. I guess I see that too. Um, I personally have done some direct action and other stuff over the summer. And uh, just the feeling of punk related to protest, related to just different actions seems to almost be invigorating. Oh, definitely. One of the best things about like any sort of subculture, but especially hardcore and punk, is the feeling of community. So you feel like other people are thinking these things and you don't feel alone. You're like, oh, I'm not the only one that feels this way about, you know, animal activism, activism or like black, you know, black lives or any or the or the, the climate. Any of these like these things that we these socioeconomic things that you care about. You're not the only one that's thought this and like you can go find music that has lyrics and meaning behind it and then it draws other like-minded people to it and then you can create this community that like emboldens you and makes you feel empowered in these things and at the same time you're doing good which is amazing and i mean i totally agree with that and on top of that the lyrics being ideological and yet the music isn't completely cheesy like a lot of other types of ideological music Oh, for sure. I think that has got to be like one of the biggest draws for me is that my one of the things I like to say is that the best hardcore bands don't take themselves too seriously. What I mean by that is saying that like, and I would say this for punk bands too, is that like saying things that you aspire to be and in, in, in like these ideological things and introspective things without creating some overly complicated piece of music that's like 12 minutes long. It's just, you know, you can say all you need to say in a two-minute song, and it's amazing. I would totally agree with that, though. It's just the simplicity and the in-your-faceness of it. I guess maybe some listeners might not know the difference between hardcore and punk. So would you, I'm not really in a place to describe that difference. Would you be willing to describe, I guess, the difference between a lot of punk genres and just hardcore specifically? I guess for, like, the big at the base of it, punk like hardcore is punk music, but like your more traditional like street punk bands are gonna aren't gonna be necessarily they kind of split off at some point, and so like your street your street punk bands are gonna be like for example I don't know like you know like the Circle Jerks or something like that, but then hardcore is kind of branched off like back in the eighties without getting too long winded about it basically 
try to get take get away from the pop punk side of things where it was getting commercialized and becoming something that corporate people could sell. And so then that's where hardcore comes from is this idea that, you know, we're not going to be something that you can sell on the shelves of target. And I think that, you know, your, your, your really good crust and street punk bands are the same way, just playing a little different kind of music. That's a really interesting, I guess, perspective on it. So basically what you're saying is that hardcore and like crust punk and street punk kind of just split off from most of the other genres of punk because they didn't want to contribute to the corporatocracy of what the world has become. Yeah, basically. Like, I guess the biggest example of, of, of a band base being created for the sole purpose of selling an image to children was that like the Sex Pistols. And that idea of pop punk or whatever was what was what they called it back then was that it was these pop bands that were adopting punk music things to sell it to these kids because it was popular. And so it went one of two directions, either getting weirder and getting crazier or and, and playing faster and faster or whatever, doing anything that they could to not sound like pop music. And then hardcore, you know, went in this direction of, well, we're going to talk about things that you don't like and make you uncomfortable. And we're going to, you know, stand up for, you know, animal rights and all these other things that aren't mainstream and, and maybe never will be. But like you said, like it's just this anti-corporate feel to all of it. And I think that's the basis of punk music in general. And building off of that thing, I mean, I see you bring up definitely animal rights and just like stuff like black lives a lot with hardcore. It's, I guess I would also see just a point where there's so many pressing issues, maybe not as many in the eighties, but like currently there's so many issues definitely that are prevalent in both just the world, America, whatever you want to call it, even in here in South Dakota, there's a lot of issues that are prevalent and hardcore punk kind of just brings those to light in a way. What, what would you say about this? I, I think that, Hardcore does a great job of exposing kids to issues that they never, they wouldn't otherwise might not be exposed to. And especially the facts and the sides of them that they might not be as well. Because a lot of us, especially growing up here in the Midwest, you know, have very conservative parents or conservative family. And that's the only thing that we were exposed to was this idea that, you know, vote red, be conservative, and being like having them having music basically hey no there's these other ideas out there that these doubts you're having there there there's facts behind that now now go out there and research this and find out for yourself and i love that i think that's one of the greatest things that hardcore does sounds like hardcore is just a bunch of nerds making music yeah that's pretty much what's going on if a uh, Anybody at Hardcore ever tries to cool guy, you just know that, that that he was once one at one point in time the biggest dork ever, and so we're all just dorks and nerds making loud, fast, and thump thump music, basically. That's righteous as hell, though. That's perfect. All right, kind of moving on to that. You talked earlier about how punk was doing really good earlier in the year before COVID. That's something I want to talk about. How has COVID affected the music scene? Maybe here, maybe like here locally, or maybe nationally, even regionally or 
just worldwide, how, how have you seen it's affected the music scene? And maybe how has it affected you musically? Oh, it's basically, it's shut down an entire industry in a certain way, in a certain aspect. So nobody's touring right now. There's no major fests. Um, I've had a lot of friends in the industry have some serious depression and some stress levels because of it, because their main, one of their main jobs was touring. And so it's watching an industry that nobody ever thought would be like that part would stop all of a sudden come to a screeching halt has been surreal. And I have no idea what's, what's necessarily what's in the store for the next six months. I'm curious as to see what's going to happen. But at the same time, on the flip side of that, it's given all these, all of us as artists and all this, all this free time. And I think some amazing music is going to come out of all of this. I mean, we've already seen uh, one of the local bands, School Kid, put out an EP. Uh, I can't wait to hear y'all's EP. Uh, I think that was coming out in December, but or planned to at least. But I'm sure there is a lot of great music coming out. Oh, yeah. Like, there's one of the records that came out earlier this year that I don't think would have come out without, like at least not at the time it did, was it by this band called Speedway from Sweden. And I, I don't know if I would have even found out about that if everything else was going on. And so it's just like, that's just a good example and shout out Speedway um, of, you know, like trying to find po- a, a silver lining in all of this. And, you know, hopefully like, I can sit down and write some decent music. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But like you said, Skull Kid, oh, they dropped a really good EP, and I'm excited to see what they do next as well. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, earlier you talked about how you really don't know how the next six months or however long is going to affect the music scene or just what's going to go on in general, not even just the music scene. As Since, you know... Hardcore is just a bunch of nerds. Using your best nerd skills, how would you imagine the music scene progressing from COVID? It just in general, what do you see as the future of the punk scene? Well, I think that where there's a will, there's a way, and so there will be a a, a music scene at the end of the at the end of this very scary tunnel. So I don't want anybody to get too disheartened because I definitely felt that way at the one point this summer. And with music being such a big part of our, our lives, especially a lot of us don't have a whole lot else going on. And uh, I think that the biggest thing is to stay hopeful and just keep working. And also, I think that as far as music goes, I think that a lot of us are going to be a lot more thankful for the time that we're given with music. I think there was a lot of people, not necessarily around here locally, but I have a lot of friends that were from bigger cities that for the first like two months were throwing the biggest temper tantrums about not getting to go to a show every weekend and like not no tours and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, now you get a little bit of taste of what it's like to be from the middle of nowhere. It's like, you need to not take these things for granted. And so I think that's one thing. And secondly, like more importantly, I think that safety measures as well as like 
more unity within the scene as a whole, not just, you know, not just hardcore punk, but also with the indie music, rap and hip hop and EDM. I think there's going to be a lot more unity in music as a whole. And that's amazing. So really you're seeing a bunch of musicians, no matter what genres generally, I guess, divide us. You're seeing us come together more. Oh, for sure. That's if that's one of the the positives I've seen from all this is that everybody's kind of come together and been like, okay, what are we going to do after this? Kind of riffing off of that thing of where you have friends in the bigger cities that complain about going to or not being able to go to, sorry, uh, different shows each weekend. I mean, even I was starting to get used to uh, basically a show every week at the cave and sort of a shock onto my system personally. And then I have what we've had six shows total this year, I think. And that's kind of scary almost just if you weren't to think about COVID or anything like that. Oh, it's, it's terrifying. Like basically there's people that were like, relying on this for like i said earlier for a living and now they've had to really completely reinvent their lives not in a very very short amount of time like i know a drummer from who was in a a bigger deathcore band basically had to go back to getting a regular job because his job was drumming in this band and it was it's been a shell shock for a lot of us like you said like you were getting used to going to a show every weekend like I was like, we, me and the boys in the band were talking the other day. It's like we were getting used to playing a show at least every other month, you know. And it was getting to the point too where we were starting to think about maybe doing a tour this fall and everything like that. And all of a sudden, everything just kind of went up in smoke. Yeah, it's it's still something that I'm re- kind of recovering from emotionally myself because I was really relying on all that heavily, like just being able to go to the cave and see a, a f- familiar faces in a very positive atmosphere. And for those who aren't, I guess, from the Black Hills area, the Cave is short for the Cave Collective. It's a local music venue, and I guess it hosts more than music. I mean, there's been drag shows and stuff there. But I guess it's a local entertainment venue that really almost holds the scene in rapid, I mean, in its hands almost. I mean, it isn't the scene itself, but it's kind of what hosts the scene. Uh, do you have anything more about the cave to say? I I think one of the biggest things about the cave that was upsetting was that they Dexter and Natasha worked so hard, and not and and all the other people that have helped along the way, and the bands to rebuild what was fair, pretty much a broken music scene in Rapid City, and it, just as things were starting to really look up, <laughs> coronavirus came out of nowhere and just kind of put a pin in that and i'm so thankful for those two and i'm so thankful for what they did for this music scene i and i know that when the one thing when the dust clears that they will still be here doing what they do best and that's amazing and i think that more towns more especially small towns need that especially for these kids that don't feel like they belong and are feeling really isolated and alone right now because of coronavirus need that community more than ever Kind of backpacking off of that, something I really enjoyed about the uh, whole 
thing with the cave is that really the cave is since it was like no alcohol, no drugs type of venue, it really opened the doors to a lot of people who are younger and a lot of just family friendly experiences. Say someone's mom wants to just take them out to a concert and they don't know what concerts are coming here soon because they really don't see a lot of big bands coming but then they hear oh wait there's this local venue that plays local bands maybe i want to take them to this a lot of times local bands play in bars which isn't really accessible to uh, children or even younger teenagers so just the fact that it's so much more of an exposure to kids that a lot of times are having a lot of stress issues in high school that's just really heartening for me and i feel the exact same way like every good punk or hardcore scene, hardcore especially, needs a good music a good music venue that is a drive venue for the most part. And that was what the cave brought to Rapid City, and that was amazing to see because I think that Rapid had been I can't remember the last time we had besides the improv, which only lasted a couple of years, was like or a year or two was the last time we had had like a solid venue specific space that was really allowed to grow and create like a little occult following like the cave did. And that's amazing. Like you said, like a lot of these local, especially small towns have to bands have to play in bars or somewhere that's kind of inaccessible to kids. At the end of the day, it's like, we're playing this music for the youth. I'm trying to give the youth something to do. That's positive other than, you know, go to the, go to a house party and or whatever it is that they're going to do. And I really, I got that, yeah, you basically hit the nail on the head there. I guess kind of continue talking about the music scene and kind of relating it to tonight, which uh, for all the listeners that will be listening at a different date, tonight is the 2020 election night. Uh, big night for America. But I guess the question is, how does the political climate affect the music scene, especially the hardcore punk scene? Oh, that's a very good question. I would say that like, it's something that you did. You mentioned a little bit before we started the podcast was that hardcore has always been more what you would consider left leaning, and punk as well. And uh, I think that's very much in the fact that hardcore is rooted in this sense of like I'll, I use this word a lot, and this probably tonight is is community and togetherness and doing things for the person next to you. And so I think that when we see things in the in politics or in the in the world that we don't like, we're very, very loud about it. And I love that. And I think a lot of music spends too much time talking about oneself and not enough about what they can do for others. And I love that that the hardcore scene has that element to it. I guess almost stepping away from politics for a second, even though we just got into it. I know with your music, the first concert that I went to, um, you guys were opening for a band from Minneapolis, Minnesota that's called Couch Potato Massacre. One thing really sticks out in my memory is that when I think it was like your second to last song, you're talking about depression and suicide and basically just talk to you. You're a person that you can come and talk to you about anything, just basically that sense of community and helping another person out. And that's, I feel like that's really important for just youth and just people in general. Oh, Definitely. And it's something that I think it gets said and people don't necessarily believe it or they don't feel comfortable doing it. And the biggest thing I want people to realize is that even if it's not me that you can feel like you could come to, I think that this, I, 
I think we get like, especially in the, the United States, is that we've lost this sense of of each other and, and community. And as, we're, as, as human beings, we are pack animals and we rely on one of each other. And pretending that we don't leads down a bad road of mental health. And you don't have to deal with this stuff alone. You're not alone. Whether you, whoever it is you feel like you can talk to, you should talk to them, even if it feels silly. And like that's something that I will I will beat that drum until I until I die until I'm done making music. And honestly, I feel like that drum will still keep beating even after you're done making music. I mean, even if it's just in the local scene, you and your band, like just the hardcore that you put out, this has had an effect on almost the mental health of Rapid City's local scene. Yeah, wow, that's that is a that's a hell of a compliment, man. Uh, I would hope so. That's basically been the goal, like since day one. Since me and Andy were like just joking, and we're like, we should start a band, and that was always. But from day one, we wanted it to be more than just another. And like, I love those kind of bands that are just just heavy mosh, like two stepping bands. Like, I love those bands, but we wanted to say something, like have aspirational music, things that we aspire to be and seeing each other and help and inspire those around us and hopefully help somebody and like they could listen to it. Like they come to our album one day and they listen to it and they're like, that really helps me through a hard time. And like, that may be kind of selfish or like egotistical of me maybe to wish, but that's what I would hope with our music is that we're creating music that helps people. Honestly, I'm not even sure if that can be considered egotistical. I mean, it's a goal that you set forward to accomplish, probably because you don't see too much of that right now, at least locally, for sure. Oh, definitely. I think one of the reasons why we've been so well-received, which is something I can't thank everybody out here enough for, is that we kind of filled this void, and we never really saw it that way. We didn't realize it until it was already happening. You know, it was like something that we never planned on being. But then like all of a sudden we were like, oh, we're like, there was this hole here and we kind of just slipped into it. And I feel I feel like very thankful for our fans and the local community, everybody that's really supported us from day one. Yeah, I guess going on from the little thing of just supporting each other, you're talking about how we have to support each other in punk. And so that's really where punk comes in with the political climate. How do you think tonight's election results might affect the scene or the subculture or just generally the nation and musically? Whew, that's a heavy question. Um, either way that it goes, I think that music is going to continue to keep going harder and harder left. But especially if, if Trump wins again tonight, it's going to do nothing but embolden the punk and the hardcore scene even more. It's going to do the opposite of what they think it's going to do. Because I know I, I, I've seen it firsthand and I believe in those people around me. I believe in you guys and I believe in all I believe in the kids around here and internationally. And that, that is my prediction for it is that if Trump wins, it's going to do nothing but make us stronger. And even if Biden wins, we're going to continue fighting the fight because that's what that's what we're here to do. And if you're not here to do that and you're here, just here to mosh or you're just here to buy merch or whatever, then so be it. You know, as long as you're not being a bad person, I don't really care. But at the end of the day, I'd like to believe that the person staying next to me is here because they believe something and they want to, and they, and they want to do something about that. I guess personally, I originally like 2016 wise and all the way up till about a year ago, 
I was a total Trump supporter, like, and I was honestly just at shows to mosh. I started, just like you were saying, what kind of the function of punk, at least in the Midwest out here, rural Midwest, I really started listening to the lyrics and like, wait, what is this? And kind of just took a complete U-turn, honestly. I don't know. Uh, a lot of both local and just I guess, big music really affected that. Oh, definitely. And like, you're, you're preaching to the choir. Like I grew up, like I, I brought that up earlier about, you know, growing up in traditional and like conservative parents and everything like that. Like my mom, when I was younger, was very much more conservative than she even is now. And, uh, I think that without punk or hardcore, I don't think that I would have challenged these things in myself that I didn't know I was, that were bad necessarily. Like, I think that the biggest thing is being introspective and like you said, being open to change. It's crazy how something simple as like art or music can not only like help your mental health, your stress levels, but also help your, your self image. That's very powerful. All right. So, um, I guess really taking a pretty big turn from the topic that we're talking about, uh, there's really no real way to segue my way into this, but, uh, you are what, uh, is in called in the hardcore scene straight edge, right? Yeah. I, uh, I haven't been straight edge for very long, but it's something that I've always known about and been around. So, yeah. All right. Would you want to, I guess for the audience kind of explain what straight edge is and what it means to you or even what it means to just the music scene in general? So basically short, short story is that straight edge means that I don't do drugs, um, drink alcohol, uh, smoke cigarettes and what it means to the community. So straight edge, like the, the short story would be the straight edge came from in the, like the early eighties, I think when hard, like hardcore really was starting to, was taking off a lot. Of, a lot of young kids wanted to go to these shows, but they were all at bars for the most part. And they were have like these mine. They would get really upset because all these miners would kind of come in, and so they'd mark their hands up with these huge X's, and the bars would like try to shut down these shows because it would just be like they would make no money off of it because like a bunch of kids that can't buy alcohol are showing up to see these weird yelly bands play play fast music, and so it created this sense of like of like a uh, basically a youth revolt or whatever you want to call it, and that's where Straight Edge came from. And then Minor Threat, the band, obviously. Co- they coined the term straight edge with their song straight edge and that it, that's where it kind of took off from there. And then what it, what it means to me personally is that I've learned how to deal with my life and my stresses in a healthy manner that isn't self-medicating. And I also have a clear mind and I can go through my day-to-day life without any sort of crutch or like, I, I don't need anything to deal with the way I see the world other than my own mind. That's really a good perspective on that, I'd say. I mean, I personally am also straight edge. I just, I've never really been not straight edge, though. So I don't have as much experience in that, I guess you might say. Um, you really answered the next two questions um, altogether. Uh, they would include, how has a straight edge subculture affected you? And has it had any effect on your stress levels and how? I mean, really, you just basically answered that. If you want to go over either of those again, I mean. I think that anybody that gets into hardcore or scene music or whatever at one point, you know, like you've been encountered with straight edge or you've heard of it. I think that a lot of it times it gets a bad rap 
or it comes off as something that's addiction shaming or something like that. And for the mass majority of straight edge kids, I know that's not what it means to them. But also at the same time, straight edge is what, is what you define it as to yourself. It's a personal choice. And it's something that can, it can be one of the most positive decisions you could ever make in your life. That doesn't mean that everybody else is straight, is straight edge in the world is you know necessarily a good person. And it's something that one of my heroes said in a different podcast I was listening to the other day. He was like talking about how just because you choose straight edge or veganism or whatever it is, like these these ethical decisions, doesn't mean that that makes that we feel like we are better than the person that chooses not to do those things. And because we all deal with stress in different ways, and stress looks like something different to each of us, and that's something to keep in mind when you're engaging with different people. And I'd completely agree with that. As a little add-on, I guess I would say that I've noticed you talking a lot about animal rights activism and just animal rights in general. Would you want to riff on that or just talk about that anymore? Sure. I, uh, I I feel very strongly about it now. It's funny because I grew up in ranching families. Like I grew up with raising cows and sheep to eat. Like that's what you did. And I grew up hunting. I never thought anything of it. Like there was a couple of times I remember kind of being like challenging the idea a little bit and I bring it up and it was very, you know, quickly shot down and or laughed at amongst my family. And it's something that I kind of like always ate at the back of my head a little bit was like, you know, like I don't understand why we have to do this. And the thing is, is like, you don't have to do it. <laughs> and so the way basically like the most simple way I can put veganism for what I mean in animal rights to me is that I live a privileged life to the point where I don't, I can choose to not have to kill animals to live my life. So I would basically just encourage anyone, including yourself, um, that's listening to this to seek out any sort of information about commercial farming and ranching and especially factory farming and the leather and fur industries. There's a lot of good information out there. I don't need to really talk about it right now, but that would be something I would challenge you. Even if you don't slightly agree with what I'm talking about, that's fine. Just seek out the information and read it or watch it. And you might have, if you could even change one thing a week in your, in the way you impact the world, it would be, it has a ripple effect. Trust me. I mean, personally, I've read about snippets and infographics and I guess of research from their sources and something like if we were to all even reduce the amount of animal product consumption by 50%, we would just completely be able to end world hunger and have a complete surplus if we were to replace that with like, I guess, vegetable means. Oh, exactly. And then like the the crate even like as simple as the crazy amount of wa- like fresh water that we would save by if everybody if, if majority of even just americans went to not eating meat on mondays that simple decision would is it's insane like the numbers are insane once you start reading into it you kind of just like wow this is a no-brainer like i don't necessarily have to be vegan or vegetarian but if i make this decision here and this decision here it actually helps <laughs> A lot of people see like being vegan or vegetarian as like a scary thing or just like something like for dieting only. And really like it's so interesting like what you were saying with just not eating meat on Mondays. It's one simple change to your diet that really doesn't affect like too much your with your income. Like a lot of lower income families can still afford that and such a big effect that that could have is insane. Like you said, it's almost a no-brainer. It makes me wonder, honestly, why it hasn't already happened. 
even in my like the, sh- the last 10 years though like i've seen an exponential growth and you know lowering our impact on animals in general but especially in like the food industry and it's it's crazy i think that the next 10 years is only going to bring even better results so it's we have a lot of things to be positive about right now that's definitely a great note to honestly end off with we've talked about covid we've talked about just the presidential election those are all really big things of stress which was what we started off this podcast with but what we can see what you just said is we have a lot of things to look forward to we have a lot of things to look up to and that's something that's also just a good way to think of stress is think about the good things i'm pretty sure you said that too earlier we have a lot of good things to look up to uh, do you have any final words you'd like to say cam um uh, i guess it's a shameless plug uh go follow my my bands on my my band's instagram or twitter or on facebook be at DefectHC or at Defect605 on Instagram. Uh, make good choices, be empathetic, be compassionate, and just be all around supportive of each other because you never know who's, who's having a bad day. Adding on to that shameless plug, go buy their music from their Bandcamp, DefectHC.Bandcamp.com. In fact, all the music that has been featured in today's podcast episode is a song from Defect. Cam's band. So make sure to go check them out on all of their social medias and Bandcamp. And that will end it for today's podcast. Thank you for listening and have a good day. Everything and I was nothing! <laughs> <laughs>